Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors rescued their season with a, I mean, I don't even know, man, <laughs> 104 to 103 win in game three, uh, a ridiculous game, an instant classic, and OG Anobi hits the game winning three, but before I go on to recap this banger of a game. Let me tell you, look, I know you're thinking right now, ever since OJ Anobi hit that three, you can't get buckets out of your head, okay? And we're not just talking about basketball buckets, we're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them, that's how it works. I get it, it happens to me all the time. One minute I'm talking about buckets on the podcast, the next minute I'm daydreaming about the $10 money bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken. But don't worry, it's normal. Even happens to most NBA players, their actual games. Actually, I think the Celtics were thinking about KFC buckets when they lost OG wide open for three. Uh, it just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. So, what a game. What a game. OG and OB. Um, let's start at the end. Let's start at the end. Okay, so the Raptors, they fight, they scrap, they claw. It is very similar to game two. All right, Raptors defensively did enough. You know, they they played a little bit different defensively, but they did enough in game two to win that game. Obviously, they couldn't do it at the end. It was a bit of a heartbreaker. And then today, kind of the same deal. And the Raptors were able to, well, they were down two with like 35 seconds left. They drop a play. It was a two for one. They get Fred Van Bleep playing for three. He misses it. I believe OG collects the rebound. They kick it back out to Fred. Fred drives on Daniel Tice. Really, really difficult left-handed uh, finish through contact. Uh, gets the bucket to drop. Fred is asking for the foul. Really should have been a foul. Their ref swallowed a whistle. Fred was lucky to make that basket. So it's a tie game. Celtics decide no timeout. Pretty smart move by uh, by Brad Stevens. Okay, he, no timeout. Kemba Walker literally just dribbles around, comes off a screen, creates a bunch of havoc, and eventually he draws two guys to him. Finds Daniel Tice wide open under the rim. Daniel Tice dunks it. 0.5 seconds left. The, the Celtics are up two. Their whole season, I mean, the Raptors' whole entire season looked to be done. Done. You do not come out of an 0-3 hole. I don't think that's even been done before. Um. So, yeah, 0.5 seconds. And then, you know, the scenes then, I mean, the Celtics, they were they were dancing, prancing, doing whatever, okay? They were they were hype. Obviously, they're hype, man. They, they were just about to go up 3-0. They were going to be undefeated throughout the whole playoffs. This is going to be better than the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, okay? Um, and they were, they, were, they were celebrating on their bench. Meanwhile, the camera panned over to the Raptors bench, and you have Marc Gasol sitting there like the great thinking man statue, and he's just like, man, I... I, I don't know. Um, I can't believe it's come, it's come down to this. You know, it was, it was a bit of a defensive breakdown. Kemba was really hot all game. You had to send two at him. You have to come up as a center. It was just a breakdown, okay? It was heartbreaking. But what do the Raptors do? They go to the timeout. They drop a play. Now, coming out of the play, I was a little 
confused because first off, Kyle Lowry was the game leading scorer here. He had 31 points. He was incredible. And I'll talk lots about Kyle, but Kyle's the game leading scorer. He's inbounding the ball. And I was thinking out of all people want to take in the shot, it probably would be Kyle for the Raptors, but Kyle's inbounding the ball. And Nick Nurse is literally a coach of the year. Let's just trust where this thing goes. So the play's drawn up. Okay. You have OG in the strong side corner in the right corner. At the start of the play, you have Mark and uh, Pascal, and you have uh, Fred all on the, the far side of the floor. Mark sets a screen for Fred Van Vliet. The Celtics switch that; they contain that. Then Mark moves to go set a screen for Jalen or for um, uh, Pascal Siakam. The Celtics pretty much manage that as well. And what they didn't notice during this time, obviously there was only 0.5 seconds left. They were afraid of Marcus Gasol going to the rim. They were afraid of, you know, Fred coming to the, the strong side corner. They were afraid of Fred coming out, or Pascal coming out to the top of the floor. What they lost track of during all this time, when they were trying to switch stuff, they were trying to play zone, whatever they're trying to do, they lost track of OG Anobi. Because if you go back and watch this thing in real time, OG Anobi at the start of the possession before the ball is even inbounded. All right, the refs literally in the process of handing the ball to Kyle on the sideline. What you notice is OG Anobi moves from the strong side corner to the weak side corner. He goes literally just crawls and and slowly cuts. It's not even a fast cut or anything like that. Okay, because that would actually alert um, the defense. He moves slowly from one end of the floor to the other end, and he waits for all the action up top to shift. The Celtics are focused on the three guys involved there, Gasol, Siakam, Fred. And what they don't see is that Jason Tatum wanted to stay in his spot, wanted to cover Fred, but then all of a sudden you have Daniel Tice also wanting to cover Fred. And what they completely lost track of was the fact that OG Anobi was wide open on the other side of the floor. Now, there is an issue because the Celtics... The big brain Brad Stevens, okay, bigger brain than me even, okay, with my big ass head, all right, decided to go with Taco Fall guarding the, the inbound. Now, of course, Taco has not even been active in the series, but uh, Vincent Poirier, who I thought was a sparkling uh, drink, was actually uh, a French center, and his he's, he's apparently expecting a child, so congratulations to him and his partner uh, and his family, but... This man, Vincent, okay, was out, okay, so they had to start Taco Fall, or they had to put Taco Fall in, and it was actually good, because in this situation, you want to have a big center guarding the inbound, okay, so there's a lot of things you could do here, first off, you can have your five defenders trying to guard without no no money putting pressure on the inbound, right, but in this case, big brain Brad Stevens decides to put his seven foot five center Taco Fall on the inbounder, now I have to remind you guys that Kyle Lowry is... Six foot generously. I've stood beside Kyle many times. I'm 6'1", 6'2". I'm definitely taller than Kyle, and that doesn't even include this little thing at the top, okay? I'm, you know, Kyle is a generous six foot. Kyle's like the six foot dudes that you see on Tinder, apparently. But anyway, so um, you have six foot Kyle Lowry trying to inbound the ball over seven foot five Taco Fall, who I'm pretty sure when he reaches up... When he puts his hands up to the, to the sky and, and tries to deny, he's pretty much touching the rim, okay? So, uh, we're pr- pretty much talking about a guy with a 9-foot, 10-foot uh, standing reach. Now, you have OJ and Obi open on the other side. Everybody else, like I mentioned, on the Celtics, they're focused on the rest of the guys. They lose track of OG. Only player in the entire gym who knew that OG was open was Kyle Lowry, who throws this perfect pass over top of 7-foot-5 taco fall. 
and right into OJ Anobi's hands for the shot. Now, I have to remind you the context here. There's only 0.5 seconds left on the clock. So, you know, really, you can get a clean catch and shoot off in about 0.3. I think that's probably like the fastest you can possibly get it off. You have 0.5, so there's no margin for error whatsoever. Kyle Lowry is throwing this pass over a 7'5 guy, and it goes across the whole court, and it lands perfectly in Ojeano with shooting pocket, so he can go up, shoot it. Now, Jalen Brown, even though he was late and out of position, he was still able to come over with a crazy good contest. Nearly blocked the shot. OG had to rush the shot a little bit. I mean, he rushed it because it was 0.5, but... Because the pass was perfect, OJ Anobi was able to catch it. He was able to shoot it, and it it went in. It was one of those miracle shots. It, it you know, it, it's it's not as lit as the four bounce uh, game winner to end the series by Kawhi. But damn it, man! I mean, if we're gonna make these OG Kawhi comparisons, this is the first time you can really make that. Okay, because I mean, OG was just so cool when he made the shot. Because right afterwards, you know, he makes the shot. The whole uh, Raptors crowd goes wild. The crowd being the, the guys on the bench. And of course, they had some family there too. So that's great. But, um, you know, we're talking about an empty gym. So the rest of the Raptors, everyone jumps off, you know, like goes over the mob OG. The camera pans to OG. The first guy to get to him is Fred. But in that split second before Fred gets to OG, OG is there, emotionless. Right? And that's what it takes. That's what it takes to be a cold blooded Damian Lillard waving goodbye at Paul George level of just calm in that, you know what? He's going to make the shot. And I love this quote from OG after the game where um, they, they were asking uh, <laughs> they were asking him, like, you know, how are you able to stay so cool? And he was like, I don't I don't shoot anything and expect to miss. You know what I mean? So, man, OG. And honestly, I'm really happy that OG made the shot because OG has been probably the Raptors' most consistent player in terms of what role you've expected from him. In the three-game series, OG in game one had a couple of dunks, 12 points, defended pretty well. Uh, rest of the team didn't show up. It is what it is. OG's not going to win a game by himself. Game two, fantastic. Scores a career-high, playoff-high, 20 points. Uh, you know, a, a number of big plays. You know, get the spin move on Robert Williams. You got the sidestep three over, uh, what's his name, uh... Jason Tatum? Sorry, I forgot about this man for a while. It's hard to remember a guy who shoots uh, 5 of 18. Um, and then, of course, uh, another three after after jab-stepping uh, Jalen Brown, who decided not to close out. I mean, again, you probably should close out on OG. In the famous words of Sergio Baco, you better stop OG. You better stop OG, okay? Um, and then today, OG was fantastic. You know how good OG was? OG was so good that Nick Nurse played OG Anobi. The first 15 minutes of the game, okay? <laughs> they were like, I don't care. I need OG in the game. I, no, I don't, you know, if, if he's dead tired, then he could come out for a second. But otherwise, I need OG in the game. OG finishes this game playing 45 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, and he was absolutely vital in all of those because you have a guy giving you 10 rebounds, right? The, the guy who... You know, he gives you three out of five from from the three-point line. You, it's just the, the defense that he gave you to, the three steals, two blocks, and the Raptors were asking a lot from OG. You know, they were playing a lot of zone, some, uh, you know, some triangle and two, some triangle and two at some points, you know, some uh, mostly box and one, some, like, you know, just, just straight sort of, like, um, 
sort of a 2-1-2 kind of zone there. OG had to be in the middle of that. He had to guard a lot of players. He pretty much guarded just about every single player on that team. And of course, don't forget this. OG also came up with the offensive rebound to set up Fred for the second last basket of the game because Fred took a a three, whatever. It was a two for one, but still, uh, the shot missed. OG had to collect that rebound for Fred to even eventually get the game tied before Kemba even dribbled around and found uh, Tice for the dunk. So he got the key rebound there, and of course he hits the shot. And I'm so happy for OG because... He is really coming into his own. Coming into this playoffs, the one guy you were really worried about. I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys to worry about because it is sort of a kind of an unproven team in terms of this iteration of the team in the playoff setting, right? But uh, the one guy you were worried about is OJ Anobi. You know, what's he going to do? Defense is going to leave, leave him. Uh, you're going to need him, you know, especially, look, in this series, you're going to need him to guard a lot of Jason Tatum. You need him to guard a lot of Jalen Brown. Uh, you need to have him... I mean, he's such an important piece defensively. He's probably the Raptors' most important defender right now. Um, you know, you need him to do that in the next round, whoever it is, whether it's Miami with Jimmy Butler or if it's, uh, you know, if, if, if Coach Bug could uh, come back from the 0-2 deficit, which I hardly doubt because he's going to play Giannis 32 minutes next game as a max. Um, you know, if somehow Milwaukee pulls that upside off, Milwaukee is going to have Giannis out there, so you're going to need OG. And then, of course, if you go to the finals – then you're looking at, what, Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. So you're going to be looking at a lot of OG and Obi. And this is going to be, if the Raptors are going to make it far in the playoffs, it's going to be an, because OG and Obi is breaking out. And what we are seeing right now is OG and Obi is breaking out. This man has shows no fear. None. None. Right? None. Literally no one else in the last game, game two, could score, could shoot a three. No one could shoot a three. All right? the, the, the Raptors were looking like the Houston Rockets in a clutch game, all right? missing every three, except OG gives you four threes. And then today, OG, man, what a shot. And I'm so happy for the guy, man. And again, he's legendary performances on and off the floor you know, with his post-game press conferences. And again, the guy played 45 minutes, guarded everybody, hit the key shot. And, you know, he was so good that it even overlooks the fact that Kyle Lowry had another, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, how many times have I said Kyle Lowry? If you listen to this podcast dating back to, like, the Raps Republic days, I don't know how many times I've said this has been the best game of Kyle Lowry's career. I I think I said it about the Kyle Lowry 30-point comeback in the fourth quarter. I said perhaps that was the best quarter he's ever played. Um, You know, game six in the NBA uh, NBA Finals, you you know, said something there. I mean... The, the key quote from that game was Kawhi Leonard in that Rachel Nichols interview saying, you know, uh, Kyle was the finals of MVP tonight. You know what I mean? And that was true. Kyle was amazing in that one. You know, I, I you know, when you listen to the 2016 episode, <laughs> game seven, uh, second round, you know, when Kyle Lowry has, what, 35 against the uh, Miami Heat to, to, to clinch that game seven, pretty, pretty, I think I said it about him then, and it's just... I've said it many times, but damn, this is this is right up there, man. First off, he leads the team in scoring 31 points, right? Raptors not scoring well as a team as a whole. The Celtics are really good defensively. The Raptors didn't even score well today, generally speaking. But the guy who got there for the Raptors was Kyle Lowry, 31 points. But it's not even necessarily that. It's the, the leadership that he showed today. Because what you needed today was a leader to carry you from, you know what? You have that terrible, terrible um, loss in game two. It's so deflating. You have a lot of guys who are struggling. What are you going to do? Who is going to come in and lead your team? And of course, there should have been no doubt, but now there is officially no doubt. Kyle Lowry is always going to lead this team. And he came out very strong, scoring 10 of the Raptors' first 12 points. I believe the other two points were Marc Gasol 
banking in a mid-range jumper. Um, yeah, Kyle was, you know, hot, you know, aggressive, firm, you know, he, in transition, setting the pace for the Raptors, uh, playing fast, you know, pretty much the only guy for the Raptors who could actually post up and score, you know, Pascal struggles with that, but somehow Kyle Lowry, six foot tall, uh, generously can uh, post up and score over anybody and just the aggression. And then in the fourth quarter too, clutch plays, man, pull up three, you know, one of his two threes, two of eight from three today, one of his two threes, pull up three off the high screen, losing Marcus Smart, and then hitting the three right over Daniel Tice. And then you got uh, two layups within two minutes of the the fourth quarter at the very end. One where he sort of drives by. Kemba's there on the contest. Somehow Kemba Walker's never fouled anybody in his life. He can do whatever he wants on the contest. It's never a foul on Kemba Walker. Okay, but whatever. Kyle Lowry drives through Kemba for a contested layup. And then another time, he turns the corner on Daniel Tice and beats him to the spot before Tice blocks the shot for another key basket there. And on top of that, you have the, uh, you have the assist, uh, the game-winning assist, but... It's just the leadership, the mentality, because the Raptors were ragged in this game. They were ragged in the first half. They were making so many errors. The Celtics kind of like played a little bit soft, you know, like they were, of course, you can credit the Raptors. I think you can, but you know, the Raptors were not playing at their best and the Celtics weren't playing at their best either. And the Celtics were still up. And the only reason the Raptors were able to stay in the game was because of Kyle Harry. He gave the Raptors an early lead. When he took a little quick breather, the Celtics came right back. And I mean quick because he only sat for one minute and 31 seconds of this game. And, um, yeah, I mean, this man played the entire second half, man. <laughs> like this, this guy is just incredible, incredible leader. The mentality, the focus that he showed, you know, defensively, uh, you know, coming up with the two steals, you know, um, you know, taking charges, you know, of course they don't call that for the Celtics. They only call that uh, in favor of the Celtics, but whatever. Um, yeah, Kyle was just everywhere. Phenomenal. You know, the, the assists, you know, getting Mark going, going downhill to the basket early on. Uh, and then just the pace, you know, getting the Raptors to play uh, fast. And honestly, Kyle's been huge in this series because, A, Kyle's always been great against the Celtics. But one of the reasons Kyle's always been good against the Celtics is the Celtics haven't really had a bona fide rim protector this whole time. They get by because they got these big wings. They can sort of keep guys out of the paint. What they can't do with Kyle is Kyle's able to get past and turn the corner and be physical, trap his man behind him, and use that body to get himself free for layups. He's been doing that in all three games. I thought he didn't do it enough in game one. He did it more in game two, and he did it a lot today. And whoever it was, I mean, the Celtics tried, you know, they, they had, what, four centers out there today, and Kyle scored on all four of those guys. Um, you know, when it was Daniel Tice, Kyle was able to sort of, uh, he shows no fear against Daniel Tice. He knows exactly how Tice is. You know, Tice is good position only, but he's not that big. Kyle's able to finish at the rim. You know, against Robert Williams, who's their pretty much their real shot blocker, although he does he does some Hassan Whiteside stuff otherwise, but... Um, Kyle was able to sort of put his shoulder into Robert Williams, uh, neutralize him, then go in with the uh, left-handed layup. Uh, you know, <laughs> Enos Cantor. I mean, come on, man. You know, Enos Cantor. That's that's just not going to work. And Kyle was phenomenal today, and he's been the Raptors' best bet to get to the rim. But what I liked with Kyle today was that he kind of showed that you can't get to the rim against this team. You know, you have to take it in really strong. You have to play very forcefully. But the Raptors should be able to get to the rim, and they and they did that tonight. Because it wasn't like the Raptors shot that well from three. It's still another below-average shooting game. Now, the Raptors didn't shoot 10 of 40 or even 11 of 40. They shot 13 of 40. So that's still bad. That's still 32%. But 
you know, what they were able to do is get to the rim on the hole. And Kyle was able to get to the rim. Fred able to get to the rim for that layup at the end there. Mark was able to get to the rim in and out. You know, uh, Pascal sort of, uh, <laughs> Pascal had a tough first half, but he got to the rim a lot in the second half. Norm got to the rim. I mean, guys were getting to the rim. Kyle Lowry is leading that example. You know what I mean? Kyle Lowry is like that bowling ball just like knocking over the rest of the pins. Uh, the way he plays, and, and he's always been great against the Celtics. He showed out tonight. He was phenomenal. And again, man, I, I just can't say it enough. The greatest Raptor of all time. You know what I mean? Who shows this kind of heart? 60, 46 minutes and 29 seconds played, man. Think about that. For a 34-year-old point guard, he played the entire second half, and he needed to, and he did everything. And, of course, that perfect pass over Taco Fall to OJ and Obi in the corner. And you know what? Kyle obviously got a lot of love in the media afterwards, you know, trying to ask him questions. You know what Kyle does? Kyle just went, you know what? It's all OG's night. You know what I mean? It don't, don't forget the past, whatever. It's it's OG's night. And, and that what that quote reminded me of was after that 30-point comeback, you know, after Kyle Lowry was phenomenal in that game. What did Kyle Lowry do in that post-game interview? All he did was talk about how Malcolm Miller got deflections, how Chris Boucher got the, the three-point shot blocks and, and dunked at the end to win it, and uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson and, and Terrence Davis with the threes. Like That's all he talked about. He's unselfish. He is a leader, and you need leaders in the playoffs. You need leaders. And that's why it's especially frustrating to hear about all these narratives. Oh, Kyle, oh, Kyle Lowry in the playoffs this, Kyle Lowry in the playoffs that. Bro, a lot of your favorite point guards who you think do well in the playoffs, they don't even have titles, okay? You can look at Kyle Lowry and what he's done. You can stack his resume against anybody, okay? Uh, he is. He is one of the best point guards of his generation. And, I mean, just look at it tonight. And, look, it's not always pretty. That's the thing. People underrate Kyle because it's not pretty. Kyle Lowry looks like a dumpling. You know, he, like, complains for calls, whatever. You know, his game's not sexy necessarily. But it's effective. It wins. And look at the leadership that he's shown in this game. Because, again, the Raptors are down 2-0. They lose that game. They have a shit first half. Who is there to carry this team but Kyle Lowry? He's there at the start. He's there at the end. He's there throughout. He's literally on the floor the whole game. Can't say enough about Kyle, man. I love this man so much. Kyle Lowry over everything. And and I mean that literally right now. Because he literally threw a pass over 7'5", a taco fall to the opposite corner. Like, you... Man... <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's I, I don't that's, the difficulty of that pass cannot be understated. Um, but it was a great game overall from you know just the rest of the guys, especially in that second half. The Raptors really came on strong. I thought this was a great game for Nick Nurse, who went to his own defense for a lot of the game and a lot of the third quarter, a lot of the fourth quarter there. And that's when the Raptors played their best basketball. The Raptors, you know, um, gave up fifty-seven points in the first half. They were down. At halftime, trailing by 10, and, you know, it was tough. They needed to do something, and they went to the zone defense, especially since the way the Celtics sort of like to sub. I think they brought Walker out of the game. Um, let me just double-check the rotations here. Um, no, they kept Walker in the game, but uh, they, they brought Tatum out for stretches and, and whatever, but it, it's just what the Raptors were able to do was um, go into the zone and sort of just uh, fl- just. Throw the Celtics off their game. You know what I mean? And it worked in game one and two. You know, I thought for at that point he was using the zone because uh, you had two center lineups out there. Uh, and maybe you had to protect a weaker defender like Terrence Davis or whoever. You know, sometimes you use zone to sort of protect your weaker defenders. All right. And today, you know, he used a little bit of zone the first half because he went to Matt Thomas for a hot like uh, five minutes. Matt actually in six minutes. Um, Matt was actually okay defensively in the zone, but uh, couldn't get a shot off. You know, he only had one three. He missed that semi open look. Could have knocked it down, but for the whole, the Celtics did a good job of staying uh, home on the shooter. 
Um, but in the second half, the Raptors went to the zone, and it worked really well because I think you first off the way um, Jason Tatum is playing right now, he's so good, he's in such a rhythm that you just need to show him different looks because whether it's what I mean, he's beating you in every single way right now in the pick and roll. You're putting a small guy on him to try to evade the screens and stay attached. He's he's getting him into his box. He's putting him on his back, and he's getting into the sh- uh, mid-range that he's scoring from there, or he's getting to the rim, or it's a two-on-one. Uh, you force him left, which is, you know, he prefers to go right, but if you force him left, he's able to keep his dribble alive. He's able to you know, wrap around passes to Daniel Tice. He had some nice dimes in the fourth quarter tonight. Um, you play him with a larger uh, wing defender. You know, the screen is there. He's able to sort of uh, get the advantage. He's able to pull up. He's able to, you know, again, get downhill, get to his right hand. He's he's really, really tough. He's really complete as an offensive player right now. His confidence is sky high, screening at three levels. So what you need to do right now is just throw different looks at him. And that's what the Raptors were able to do. Because that zone at least made him think. Because he's good on one-on-one. He's really good in the pick and roll right now. And... You know, you just need to show them different looks. That zone forces uh, players to think. You know, you're all of a sudden you take instead of trying to attack, you're taking two dribbles uh, and you're trying to dump it to the man in the middle. Then you're trying to play and cut around that. It's not the same. The flow of the Celtics' offense was completely off in that third quarter, and the Raptors are able to get a couple of stops in that zone. Now, of course, you need the Celtics to miss some threes, and finally today they missed some threes. They shot nine of twenty-nine from three for thirty-one percent. Uh, you know, the Celtics can finally get a taste of what it feels like to shoot 31% from three. Actually, you know, I can't even say that because the Raptors shot under 27% in the first two games. So it's still not as bad as the Raptors are shooting. But, you know, you had some guys missing some threes there. Uh, Smart cooled off two of, two of nine, four of 15 from the field overall. I, I love that Marcus Smart decided he was going to take over the game, by the way, at some point. It actually is kind of funny to think because, like, yeah, it was great that he took over game two. That's the only reason the Raptors aren't up 2-1 right now. But, um, you know... It, that doesn't mean you should do that every game, Marcus. And uh, he tried doing that a couple of times. It was not working for him. Um, and you got to give up some threes. You know, Daniel Tice had an open three. You know, um, you know, guys like Grant Williams got threes. Wanamaker. By the way, screw that dude, Wanamaker, man. Like, I should... I'll get to him in a second. But whatever. Um, yeah, when you're playing in that zone, you're forcing other guys. You're forcing the Celtics to move the ball. And even though they're a good passing team and stuff like that, because Gordon Hayward is out... And because the Celtics are actually doing a lot right now where they're putting two centers on the floor, they're sort of putting Grant Williams or whoever at power forward, um, there's just slightly less offense than you would actually expect. And so if you can get um, Tatum to move the ball, or even if you can get Tatum to try to attack in unconventional ways, I think he can throw him off his rhythm. And I think today, 5 of 18, I think the Raptors did a good job of that. That zone played a big part in um, slowing the Celtics down. And I like that the Raptors went to it with a with their starters um, because I think that is their best defensive group. Period. So if if you think that's your best defensive strategy and those are your best defensive personnel, go to the zone. Um, and also, I like that they played it for an extended stretch because it was working well in game one. It was working well in game two. Keep going for it, man. Because I'm sure the Celtics have been practicing against the zone, still not really working. So until they prove that they can score effectively in the zone and beat the Raptors, not just with guys getting, you know, like uh, whatever, guys who like like Smart, Wanamaker, all these other guys hitting threes, that's okay. That's an acceptable result. If you start beating the zone, like you're consistently getting layups and dunks, then yeah, maybe go go away from it. But I want to see a lot more of it in game four and beyond for the Raptors. That zone, you know, kept the Raptors... um, in the game, got the Raptors some uh, stops. Raptors were able to get the other way and score. And Celtics, you know, went a while without scoring. And so this is where Brad Stevens made a crucial mistake. 
He brings in Enos Kanther as the center. Now, he didn't play Enos in games one and two. And in game three, because the Celtics were struggling, he didn't play him in the first half either, and he saw the Raptors in his own, big brain Brad probably decided, okay, you know what? We need, we need some scoring. Uh, the zone is going to have mismatches because, you know, it is what it is. People are going to be in their spots. So uh, maybe you get Enos a couple of post baskets. You know, it's against Surge. Um, Surge is not as good of a post defender. Uh, maybe Enos gets some offensive rebounds because you're out of position for zones. You're not boxing down necessarily. That was the thought process. And it kind of worked from that perspective because you do have Enos Cantor getting a putback. You have Enos Cantor getting a post hook over Surge. You know, there's enough there that you're like, okay, maybe it works. But the reason you don't play Enos Cantor is because he is one of the worst defenders in the NBA at the center position. He does nothing well at the defensive end. I mean, I guess he defensive rebounds. Um, but yeah, the Raptors, once they saw that Enos Cantor was in there, they you could tell that they were like breathing a sigh of relief because, you know what, they haven't been able to score efficiently. The Celtics defense has been really good at sort of slowing the Raptors down. Um, you know, even guys like Tice, even guys like, uh, you know, even Grant Williams is decent, you know, defensively moves his feet well, is really mobile, is really heavy, is able to do a little bit of a mini Marcus All kind of thing. Um, you know, even though, you know, you have Robert Williams, who's actually been blocking shots, the Celtics have been good defensively, okay, at center. When they put Enos Cantor in the game, the Raptors went to pick and roll and attacked Enos Cantor every single time. They literally went at this man like he was a $10 KFC bucket, okay? They were just like, Kyle pulling up for three, Kyle lagging into the mid-range for three, Fred driving past for a layup, Fred... Uh, crossing up uh, Enos, getting by him, forcing the shooting foul. I mean, they went at him every single time. And, yeah, that was a big mistake from Brad Stevens because Raptors, you know, defensively, even though they was working, offensively, it was still a struggle. And uh, putting Cantor in just completely opened the floodgates. The Raptors were able to take a lead. Fourth quarter is just kind of nip-and-tuck affair, you know. The, the key decision there was um, you had to buy someone rest. You know, Fred needed a little bit of breather because he played, I think... The entire uh, first, the, the, the entire third quarter, and you know he needed a breather midway through the fourth quarter. So you needed to come and bring someone in. Now, of course, the obvious guy you bring in is um, is is uh, Norman Powell, right? Because he's obviously a guy who the Raptors usually can count on for something. The issue was Norman Powell was awful in the first half. Just completely terrible. Three quick fouls. Terrence Davis S. He looked like a rookie out, out there, honestly. Kept fouling. Jump shooters. It was bad for Norm. Bad decision making. I mean, you had Jason Tatum on the baseline pump faking for a contested mid-range shot. Just put your hand up. I get he can make shots, but do not ever foul a mid-range shooter. Ever that should be a that should be honestly Adam Silver the next board of governors meeting make sure you put that into the next CBA if you foul a mid range jump shooter you will be suspended for a game or something something serious maybe like I don't know man like a two thousand dollar fine or something like that because it, it's it's really bad so Norm was making mistakes and so he was pretty much benched for the whole game um, now this is funny because Nick Nurse was asked about Norm before the game and he was like you know what I gotta get more minutes for Norm it didn't really let him run for an extended stretch and then he played him even less today but honestly Norm was that bad uh, but with Fred needing just like two minutes of rest okay they had to bring in Norm and you know I gotta give Norm his, his roses because Norm 
even though defensively was still kind of an issue and, and he really can't guard Tatum, which is uh, again, a huge issue. Um, he was able to come in, uh, got to the rim for an and one missed a free throw. Then there was this really late, deep three point shot, maybe like three seconds left. You know, Norman just has to pull and somehow he makes that after, even though he's over three on free throws in the night, somehow he makes a 30 footer go figure. And that was enough. He bought Fred that in a little bit of time. Fred was able to come back to the game. And Fred was huge in the fourth quarter, too. You know, he worked two three-pointers with Pascal Siakam. Uh, you know, those two have great chemistry together. Pascal, they, the, the two-man game between the two of them right there actually does create a lot of the Raptors' best offense in this series. It's not great, efficient offense, but, you know, it's something. And they've always had a good two-man game. Able to find Fred uh, for two threes. Fred was able to get in for the layup at the end there. Nice shift. And then... And then the other guy that was really big down the stretch was Pascal Siakam, who, my goodness, Pascal was bad in the first half. He got in the early foul trouble, two quick fouls. You know, Raptors had to change the sub patterns a little bit. Uh, he went the entire first half without a basket. And people were slandering this man. They were calling him playoff P with two E's. Uh, it was bad. But in the second half, he did get better. Now, granted... Granted, there were still some missed jumpers that really made you question if it was all worth it. I mean, it was so bad that Matt Devlin said, we need this, which uh, if you have watched any of the Patrick Patterson, Damari Carroll years, you will know that that's his go-to call. That's his version of Mike Breen's bang. That's the anti-bang is we need this, okay? Um, he, he called out we need this for Pascal Siakam, and he missed that three, which is just, again, truly, truly dark stuff to be reminiscent of Patrick Patterson in the playoffs. Um, and you know, there were some mid range jumpers that Pascal was uh, getting that he was missing as well. And it was looking bad, but I will give Pascal his credit here because right off the bat, he gets two layups to drop in the in the third quarter. All right. So he's broken out of his little slump and missing the jumpers, but he played a calm, patient game. He stayed engaged in the game. He kept playing. Look, the Raptors don't need Pascal Siakam to be Kawhi Leonard. Nobody's dumb on this team. No one expects that. We all have eyes. We all have common sense. We know that Pascal can't do what Kawhi did last year. That's not the point. The point is the Raptors need Pascal to play at just what Pascal can do, which, you know, even if the layups don't fall or even if the threes don't fall, you know, get into space and attack and be, be aggressive and stay engaged and you know, even though Siakam mostly got a lot of garbage buckets, he was able to still be engaged. There was a nice little two-man game that he played with Serge Ibaka for a layup. Um, you know, he found Fred for those two threes in the fourth. Just play your game. And then defensively, I love the energy that Pascal brought. Because the, Pascal brought it defensively, man. I mean, there were so many positions he got isolated on Tatum one-on-one. Tatum, a really good isolation def- uh, attacker. But whether it was OG, whether it was Pascal, I feel confident with that matchup. You know, you're going to need a screen to come up. And they did a lot of switching. You know, Pascal came out, guarded a lot. He, he he played with a lot of energy. And I wouldn't say this was a good game from Pascal, especially when you do nothing in the first half. But he turned it on when he needed it to. And he did just enough in the fourth quarter there. But, man, an exhausting game. And honestly, if, if I'm going to say, it does remind me a little bit, spiritually and emotionally, of that game three the Raptors uh, had to win in Toronto against the Milwaukee Bucks. When, of course, that game went into double overtime. And Kawhi played like 53 minutes or something like that. It was ridiculous. On one knee. And, you know, Kyle fouled out. You know, Fred had to come in. Fred was struggling at that point. Norm was, you know, was was playing well. Then Norm fouled out. Kind of similar game to this one where they're sort of really, really close. It looked like the Raptors are going to lose it. But, man, OG and OB rescues the season. And, of course, I'm just so happy for OG, man. I'm so happy because 
you know what? If you're looking towards the future, obviously, right? We're focused on right now. We're literally in the middle of the playoffs. But if we're looking towards the future, man, the, the future of this team, OG's part of that future, man. And he keeps showing that he does not wilt in, under playoff pressure. And there's a big difference, okay? The playoffs are a step up. The physicality, the pressure, the intensity. It gets to a lot of guys. It has not gone to OG. Did not get to him as a rookie. Last year, he has the appendicitis. He's able. He's unable to play throughout the entirety of the playoffs. And then this year, he gets his chance to really, really come in and make an impact as a starter, as a, as a firm piece of the team. And, man, what does he do? 46 minutes played, and he hits the game winner. Fantastic stuff. So, I love it. I love it. What a game. Fantastic game. The Raptors obviously needed to take this game. And, again, once you win this game, all of a sudden, you can change your perspective. Because then you can rationally look back on game two and think, wow, if Marcus Smart didn't suddenly turn into Reggie Miller for a solid four minutes of the fourth quarter and hit five straight threes, including an and one, the Raptors would be up 2-1 right now. The Raptors could compete with the Celtics. Game one, I don't know what game one was, but the intensity was not there. That was uncharacteristic, okay? The Raptors can compete with the Celtics. It feels like that needs to be said because people were very pessimistic down 0-2, Pascal struggling, all the stuff, the Celtics are great defenders, whatever, okay? Raptors can compete with these guys. All right, the talent, I would say Celtics have better talent, but still, the Raptors can compete with these guys. You know, you got Nick Nurse shortening the rotation when he needed to. This ain't no Mike Boonholzer situation. He played his guys. He needed the win. They got the win, period. Okay, and a little bit of luck went into it, but damn, also a lot of hard work went into it. And I love that the Raptors, you know what? Honestly, even if they go down, you got to go down swinging, man. I mean, this is the team that we were all proud of all season, right? Come back, you know, the toughness, the championship mentality. What says championship mentality more than a game winner with 0.5 seconds left on the game, man? Fantastic ending. And, um, yeah, Raptors, they can do it. They can do it. They can do it. And what they need to do is get Norms scoring a little bit more. All right, continue to um, defend the way they did in games one and uh, games two and three. That defensive energy, the creativity, the zones. They have a decent formula for what they're going to do, okay? Obviously, the Celtics are good. One of Kemba or um, or Tatum is going to go off, but you know that's okay. You know you can contain that. I would say for the Raptors today, they didn't play their best game either. It wasn't like the Raptors played some perfect game and all of a sudden that was what it took to beat the Celtics by one point at the buzzer. That's not what happened. The Raptors didn't even play that good of a game for most of this game. The right, the Celtics should have won this game, but they didn't, right? Because the Raptors' defense was good. But, like, you look at it. Pascal was below average. You know, Pascal, I think, you know, just was out of it in the first half. You got Norm doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, the Raptors were sloppy in the first half. You know, Fred had a whole bunch of transition opportunities that turned into offensive fouls. Like, you know, it's not like the Raptors played a perfect game. So the Raptors can do this. They can do this, okay? And they, and they get this game. They have this belief. You have the momentum. Keep going. Keep going, all right? We're, we're proud of you guys. We're supporting you guys. We believe in you guys, all right? In terms of your three stars tonight. First star, you know what? Last game, I gave it to Kyle, even though I thought OG, obviously, had a better statistical game. Today, Kyle had a better statistical game, but I'm giving it to OG, all right? Come on. If you hit the game-winning basket to save the whole entire freaking season with 0.5 seconds left, and then you're ice-cold, ice-blooded, saying nothing, and just being emotionless afterwards, only OG can do that, all right? So, OG, with the game-winning three, you don't even need to know what stat line. It's 12, 10, and 1. With uh, three assists, or sorry, three steals and two blocks, four of eight shootings, three of five, in forty-six minutes played. All you, all that matters is that game winner, baby. First star, second star, Kyle Lowry, thirty-one points, six rebounds, eight assists, two steals, thirteen of twenty-three from the field, two of eight from the three. You know he saw he saw other guys were struggling. He said, "Come, 
I'll put this team on my back. And that's exactly what they did, man. That's exactly what it is. Salute Kyle Lowry. Goat Raptor. Goat Raptor status already cemented, but re-cemented today, okay? Re-cemented once again. Kyle, fantastic. And that pass, I just can't say enough about that pass, man. We Honestly, like, I need some, like, sports science, like, physics people to explain the trajectory of that pass. I mean, I need to see, like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't even, I, I don't know, man. That was, that was a fantastic pass, man. Um... And then, yeah, third star, I'm giving that to Fred. Third, I mean, Fred broke out 25 points today, 9 of 22 shooting. Had a couple of transition opportunities that he blew, but even if he got that to go, I mean, he had a fantastic game. 5 of 13 from the 3, he finally got a couple of 3s to drop. I know the Celtics fans have been saying, oh, Fred's too short, he's a mismatch. You know, like, all these guys are long. That's why the Raptors can't shoot more than 25% from 3. Like, bro, right, just think about this, okay? These guys are 6 foot, they're under 6 foot their whole lives, all right? It's not like they haven't seen a taller guy before, okay? These guys are better than what they have shown in games 1 and 2. And we saw it today, Fred, you know, Kyle breaking out. Obviously, Kyle going to the rim a little bit more, and Fred hitting the three a little bit more. These guys are capable. They're not going to shoot. What were they? Were they shooting like? I don't know, man. Like five of like forty or something like that from three. Like they're not going to do that all series, and it's not because the Celtics are just all that good at closing out. You know, oh, Jason Tatum's really long. He's going to contest threes on the top of the floor. These guys were just missing. Okay, please. All right, you know, you didn't think Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Andre Godala, and Draymond Green were long at the perimeter last year? Get the hell out of here, man! These guys finally hit their shots, and um, I'm really happy. Fred played a nice game. In terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, um, I don't really know. I mean, I guess it's Kemba Walker because he was so efficient. Nine of fifteen from the field, seven of seven from the free throw line. Don't like how Kemba cunts for fouls is really annoying. Uh, 29 points. It's it's really the defense that he played. The three steals. The fact that he had the two uh, charges in transition to stop Fred. Uh, he played a really good game. Um, so I'm going to give him the, uh, the Gerald Henderson. Even though I know he's a star. Obviously, he's capable of giving you 29 points. But, you know, again, I, the Raptors did a decent job on everyone else. So, um, yeah, they lived to fight on their day. But uh, what a game this was, man. <laughs> what a game this was. And I was worried, too, because the Raptors canceled practice. Between game two and three, and I was like, well, that's a weird move. I mean, at, at minimum, I'd like to see you guys just use practice to shoot threes, get you guys some rhythm, but Nick Nurse obviously knows what's best, probably consulted with the team, saw that they were tired, mentally exhausted. They have the game plan already. You know, let's, let's conserve our bodies so that we can play Kyle Lowry 47 minutes tonight. And it worked. It worked. So, you know what? Mike Bud, or, uh, you know, Mike Bug, whatever his name is, Coach uh, Boonholzer, um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe pay attention. Maybe pay attention. But, uh, yeah, what a game from the Raptors, man. What a game. And they lived to fight another day. And speaking of another day, tomorrow's Friday. And uh, we are doing an extra episode of the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show. I swear we planned this before this game. Uh, of course, it worked out perfectly with the game resulting the way it did. So, once again, you can call in to the uh, Raptors Over Everything live call-in show presented by KFC, hosted by me and Josh Hart. And, um, yeah, 12 p.m. Uh, noon Eastern time. Uh, you can watch live on the Outsports Canada YouTube page. I'll send out links tomorrow morning on Twitter if you can find it there. Um, call in. Call in. Tell us what you think of the series because uh, Scott, it got something. I mean, if OG missed that shot, it would have been a depressing episode. But I think tone would very, very much change. And, again, the Raptors have what it takes. Again, if it wasn't for Mark. If Marcus Smart just hit four of those freaking threes, Raptors will be up 2-1 in this series. Okay, so. They have a chance. They have a chance. I know it's still an uphill battle, but they have a chance. They, they're champs. They showed it tonight. And, yeah, I just, uh, 
it's it's just you know the the image of the Celtics going home and replaying that in their minds is uh, very funny to me, and I and I hope they do it um, nonstop for the next forty eight hours. Uh, so that is for the podcast. Thanks for everyone listening. Call in tomorrow. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, salute to KFC for sponsoring, and uh, I'll be back uh, on Friday to take calls, and then on Sunday or on Saturday to uh, recap Game Four. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.